Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about my push that PvP needs an armor grind with respect to the resources to level up their armor for Armor 2.0. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live but if you don't want to watch the live shows and you're watching on YouTube, I really appreciate that. Hitting like, share, subscribe, leaving comments, and hitting that little bell button so you get notified is a great way to help me out. Now, why am I talking about this? Why am I suddenly taking up for the PvP community? I've been trying to do that more and more. My video, The Crucible Needs Help, got praised by a lot of people in the Crucible community. A lot of times I get told I don't know what I'm talking about. I wasn't even really talking about the... The, the meta per se but just a lot of quality of life improvements and needed things to make that side of the game feel better and we got in a big debate the other day about armor 2.0 landed in destiny with shadow keep really nice value point really really enabling people to have a lot of customization and it's really really difficult if you're primarily playing pvp to get those currencies needed to level up your armor and we were going you know back and forth pretty hard on it so i i've been pushing pretty hard for that side of the game to get some improvements and i wanted to do a video about this now first i'm going to talk about reasons to play because there's certainly a a deficit right now lots of people are not playing crucible they're disengaging and those numbers have been going down second i want to talk about make it reasonable i know people run to the comments and run to my chat on stuff like this and say you don't want to make it too easy it's a pretty slow grind now with nightfalls you don't want to suddenly make it super super easy where you're like you're ending a match that's match made and you're getting free ascendant shards so make it reasonable is going to be the second part and lastly big update i am going to push right now in this video as well as other videos crucible needs a pretty sizable update you can't just tack on trials right now there are other foundational things that need to happen and i believe this is part of the giant canvas of crucible the lack of a reason to play is where we're starting currently the crucible just doesn't really have that daily and weekly seasonal ritual grind the ritual weapon was super easy to get it wasn't that interesting and it took you know maybe an afternoon for most players maybe a little bit longer for others but beyond that then there's nothing there is no reason to grind there is no reason to level up and the currency is playing a part here there's no real reason to level up and roll your and roll your rank over you're not going to see any sizable reward for that with respect to getting a currency for your armor 2.0 armor that was lauded and celebrated as like this big new system in shadow keep and then that side of the game can't really engage with it unless they want to go grind nightfalls it's undeniable at this point that there's a sizable portion of this community that mainly plays pvp enabling them to earn this currency i think is one piece it's not the only thing but it is one piece of of why folks would maybe log in and play on a regular basis in crucible and feel that sense of reward from leveling up and playing games it would also pair really really well with an update to shacks we've been saying that the npcs need some attention give shacks some love give him something season to season a reason to rank him up a reason to get rewards whether it's decorative items for your character or things like turning him into essentially what an obelisk looks like i do think this would pair well with that the idea that as you're logging in day to day week to week you are getting rewarded currency for that it's enabling you to have that customization this would also pair really really well with changes that they just made to the armor system the freedom on the affinity the freedom on the seasonal mod slots people are going to be more thoughtful about keeping and grinding for armor season to season especially if you're grinding for armor right now and trying to get all your armor set up and ready to go for season of the worthy so you can experiment with whatever new seasonal mods they have you don't want 
this side of the game feeling completely and utterly starved with any semblance of a mechanism to give them these things to engage with this type of content. So they just added an update. They're even increasing, I think, the customization, freedom, and the liberty of the player with respect to their armor. People keep getting hung up on the the cost to change affinity. In a couple of months, you're not going to think like that. You're going to be getting new armor and really enjoying that quality point of, hey, great stat roll. Let me change the affinity. It's not that expensive. Armor 2.0 and crafting builds is a reason to play. And in some respects, the, the one of the only places right now where you really feel an impact on your build and on your cra- like crafting your loadout, the, what, the, the number one place you feel that is in the Crucible. So this is one of the places where I really think they need to drive their attention. Now, I am going to say, second part of the video, make it reasonable. I am not saying that you should be able to plug away for two to three hours to the Crucible in a match-made environment and just get buried in a currency that is a little bit slower and a little bit harder to get by currently running Nightfalls. On the most recent episode of the Rageous Roundtable, Paul Tassie said, this isn't even just bad for Crucible players, it's just bad in general. Making everybody go to one particular activity running Nightfalls isn't the best way to set this up. I don't know if I agree with that entirely. I definitely think that it is good to take an endgame capstone thing, you know, masterworking, leveling up your armor, shouldn't be something that happens easily. It shouldn't be super accessible. It should take some time. So in the Crucible realm, it shouldn't suddenly surpass the PvE grind or become too easy. That's not what we want to do here. We don't want to overreact. The, the, the pendulum swing of Bungie's updates oftentimes is is over overreactive, and we definitely don't want to do that in this situation. Trials, Iron Banner, and maybe a new weekly bounty are just some ideas to make this something that would feel more endgame driven, more rhythmic, not super, super generous. You don't want this to become invalidating to the armor grind it should feel like something that does take some time season to season you're getting some of the new pieces you're investing in them over time and it becomes a seasonal sort of almost like a ritualistic grind for a lot of the players trial shows up every weekend iron banner shows up once a month and again as i said a new weekly bounty that takes quite a bit more time so it's going to take you a couple hours to complete it. You're not going to plow through this weekly as fastly as you do the others. And then it gives you like an Ascendant Shard. So once a week, all three characters, you can go grab these Ascendant Shards. Now somebody might say, well, that's not fair. You know, what if I do all of it? Well, if you do all of it, go for it. If the turnover rate of materials is doesn't surpass PvE, then it's totally fine. Because if you switch from PvE to PvP, you're essentially plugging in the same amount of hours and getting the same results. You're not suddenly tipping the economy on its head by going into Crucible. If the earn rate in many respects matches the earn rate of PvE. The point is equipping more players to engage with the value point. Bungie's spending a lot of time on this. The charge with light builds are crazy and almost nobody mess with them. Bungie is clearly seeing the pain points in the armor system and they're trying to address those. They're saying, listen, nobody's really messing with charge with light nobody's really rolling over to the armor we got to figure out why why are people not doing it there's too many hurdles so softening those hurdles and creating those accessibility lanes then makes you know all the bandwidth and time they spend on this worth it it's like you're going to invest in all these systems and create all these lanes of investment so that you feel powerful and you feel like your build is customized more people need to be empowered to do that leveling up and rank up resets is another thing they could do with crucible again creating a rhythmic grind a ritualistic idea of i'm putting in time i'm leveling up and rolling over and i'm being rewarded for that instead of it being basically you know meaningless lastly let's talk about big update 
Crucible in general needs a huge quality of life update with respect to the skill-based matchmaking, team balancing. That needs addressed. There are situations in the meta that likely need addressed. The rental fusion rifle, handheld supernova, just to name a few things that don't need to be nerfed into the ground, but they may need to be looked at. Over and above that, I think simplifying how many game modes there are to streamline matchmaking and giving that ritualistic quality of life grind. Doing something with shacks, doing something with the bounty the earn rate of the guns, the earn rate of the armor. If these things are not improved and made better, you're not going to really have a fully functioning foundation for Trials to come and land on. We're all very excited that Trials of Osiris is coming back. It's always something that brings a lot of attention to the game as well as the streaming world, but by and large, Trials will land as a great capstone only if it lands on top of a very, very good and a strong foundation. If Crucible as a mechanism and as a side of the game is continuing to struggle with these things a lack of a reason to grind a lack of a reason to play every day no sense of progression or reward then trials is not going to land as a very good capstone undergirding beneath all of this we do need to continue to think about ddosing knocking people offline and cheating because that's not going to get any any better when trials rolls around so anti-cheat is almost an assumed thing at this point that needs to be addressed and that's why when i say big update we need to hear from bungie on this what's your big update what's your big push to really crank the quality knob up for crucible because i can give you reasons to grind i can give you loot to chase i can give you new game modes but if the quality of the experience doesn't improve from the bottom to the top then i think trials will ultimately fall flat on its face iron banner is another piece that would probably need to be looked at in this update i'm not going to push super hard on this because it is a free activity but maybe some new weapons that trickle out over the course of the season, you know, one on the first Iron Banner, another one on the next, because Iron Banner kind of feels like it's landing flat as well. I'm not, again, I'm not going to get super hard on that, because that is free. If they only have so much bandwidth, I definitely want them focusing more attention on the content that costs money, but an Iron Banner is another piece of this giant puzzle where Crucible feels ultimately sort of vacant and sort of starved for content and motivation to grind. Armor 2.0, as a value point, is great, and it really, really needs to be felt by all players. Armor 2.0 has made good strides in giving us customization, and Bungie clearly is looking at the system as if it is in flux, and it is okay to make changes and updates to it. If they're going to continue to do that, you have to empower more players to engage with it with a currency earn rate in Crucible. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. You can always catch me live, and as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about PvP needing an armor grind for the resources for Armor 2.0. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, or if you're on YouTube, hit like, share, subscribe, and clicking the little bell button helps me out. We've been trying to keep these to about an hour to an hour and a half, so I've been trying to go a little bit faster through them. Man of Steel, thank you for 17 months of subs. Next, uh, first question from Blues. Almost a year ago, Cosmo, I think it's supposed to be Cosmo, haha, <laughs> Cosmo replied to someone over on Reddit regarding the Trials of the Nine Armor. The person asked if we could see Trials of the Nine Armor based on the loot pool for comp, and Cosmo replied they'd be in talks with the team about it. Do you think it'd be a great way to grind for armor in PvP? I mean, you definitely could bring back that armor as long as it's not in Trials. Now, up until now, I've always said no to this. I've been like, nope. You can't do that. You cannot bring back You cannot bring back Trials of the Nine Armor 
if it's not in trials you'll tick people off I think people would overlook it if they were getting trials of Osiris and trials of Osiris guns and armor that's all brand new and then the trials of the nine stuff could come to the comp playlist as a nice resurf- you know repackaged armor grind you still you still might be met with frustration from folks that are like you know what I grinded for all that stuff back then why not make it earnable now as a you know as an ornament or something um so I, I could see this going either way. I could see people being like, oh, this is great. These armor sets are awesome. Now we have an armor grinding crucible uh, outside of trials. But you could also have people saying, you know, that's kind of lame. We all, we all you know, grinded for that stuff back then. Bring it back in, in another way so that we can have it like as an ornament. I, bringing them back as ornaments would probably be the best approach to respect the people that really, you know, played back then and that they play Trials of Osiris now they could go with the new Osiris look or could they, they could go with the nine look with an ornament to give them that sense of freedom and as, as well as respecting, you know, what people did in the past it would be like suddenly taking raid armor and just throwing it into strikes it'd be like, nah, hang on a minute, you know I don't want the Leviathan armor hanging out in a strike playlist it's kind of similar to a certain degree. Bread Bishop. Do you think that there should be pinnacle armor for Iron Banner and Trials when it comes back? The pinnacle grind is really weird. I personally think they could just jettison the entire idea of leveling altogether every season and just use the artifact. A lot of people disagree with me on this. They think leveling is part and parcel to the experience every season. I I think to a certain degree, people are not looking at things accurately. You know, the hardcore player base has always leveled up very, very quickly. Whether it's only a 10 pinnacle grind or whether it was the grind during like Black Armory. Generally speaking, the hardcore players are leveling up pretty fast. Two, maybe three weeks. And in times past it was never a really amazing value point you were having to go into things like gambit and crucible and you know rolling the dice on your luck and moving it away from that to more of an xp based leveling which is essentially what the artifact is i find far more appealing and better and it also trickles down into the community in a much healthier way the idea that oh it was better as it was before why i mean you have a two to three week grind maybe as a hardcore player and then the rest of the player base is running on a dadgum treadmill they're running on a treadmill mind you that they have to run on every season welcome to a new season yeah you just got done that's great get back on yep no get back on that treadmill i know you just got done get back on there new season starting that's essentially what it feels like to the rest of the player base moving away from that i think is important now having said that the pinnacle grind should it stay and if it does could you put pinnacle armor and iron banner in trials i mean sure if if the pinnacle grind is sticking around, I definitely think trials could be a source for pinnacle drops with respect to the guns as well as the armor. But I really, really, really don't think that grind needs to stick around anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like a big value point. The people that it's intended for, um, they don't seem to like it. They don't seem to really think that it's great. Uh, pinnacle armor is an iron banner. That's right. That it already is an iron banner. So it could certainly come to trials if it sticks around. Uh, Moroi, not sure if this is brought up or not, but why not? Why don't armor mods drop in PvP? Uh, they do. You got to run Iron Banner, uh, F1 Gatecrasher, as well as the overdue grind for armor in PvP. Could you see some mods that are more PvP to come as well, as long as they're not over the top? Well, here's the challenge: anytime they're gonna make you disrupt your build. It's got to be good enough to warrant you disrupting your build. 
So if they come out with these PvP mods that are inconsequential or pretty neutered because you don't want something OP or broken, it is, you know, it's likely not to motivate you. It's not it's not gonna motivate you to make a change. If it's costly, if you gotta spend currency, if you gotta take up energy on your build, you're not gonna do it. Um, charge with light was costly with respect to energy. The main reason people didn't engage with it is because they had to get all new armor. If we would have been able to engage with it right away, I think people would have discovered some of the things that other people have discovered that there are some really, really good builds that you can you can experiment with. So I think the big challenge is I think the big challenge is getting it into a sweet spot where it's good enough for you to disrupt your entire build for it but if it's not good enough then no one's going to use it if it's too good it's oh it's broken get it out of here um i there's i think there's a there's a certain there's a certain risk anytime you're motivating players think about the recluse oh it's too strong it's too strong you know etc what are they going to do for trials rewards this is a challenge the rewards have to be good enough to warrant your pursuit. If they're too good, they disrupt balance, and everybody gets irritated. Um, I don't, I don't have the exact solution, but I do think they should probably stay away from PvP specific things because of that. It should be more focused on your build in general, your your grenade, your melee, uh, your ammo. You know things like that. You go if you go beyond that, it can start to get too influential over gameplay and really start to frustrate people. This is one of the reasons why, you know, in the next game we would want to split sandbox. You would want certain things that allow you to, you know, increase your lethality in Crucible and also in in PVE without disrupting the entire balance. Now, as far as like Crucible focused mods go, there's only so many things you could do. It would all have to be versus a guardian increase this against a guardian um res you know maybe if, if there's reses if they go back to the 3v3 elim format for trials they could do something with faster res times or something uh so you can res your buddy a little bit quicker uh, I'd, i but again you got to be really really careful with this because if it's going to sway the flow of gameplay and it's primarily going to land in the hands of the better players it can create a lot of problems with respect to the rich getting richer. Well, these guys l- l- win a lot, they play a lot, and they're getting things that are going to make winning even easier. It's a delicate balance. T-Funk. Early in Shadow Keep, there was a video that summarized armor upgrade material had its lane, and its lane was Nightfalls. If Bungie keeps adding lanes to grind for different currencies, where do you see this hurting the game? I'd have to go back and see when I said this, because I know that's me. I know you're quoting me. And at the time... At the time, I thought, that's totally fine. Create a lane. I think people were saying that they wanted the currency to drop in Sundial. And I was like, well, if you put it in Sundial, you're negating the entire currency grind of Nightfalls. Or maybe it was Strikes or something. Now, somebody at the time said, oh, Crucible should have it. Maybe I didn't have the big picture. I'm open to changing my position when the big picture typically, as the community is playing, as the community is grinding, I sometimes change my position on things. So I don't know what I was responding to at the time. But my position now is, as long as the earn rate is similar and you don't invalidate PV and you don't invalidate the PVE grind, this is essentially what would happen. PVP has its lane of going for it, and PVE has its lane. I think ultimately my dilemma with the question at the time was 
nightfalls don't have a purpose if you suddenly say oh you can run sundial and get those currencies well wait what no no leave it in leave it in nightfalls only that's why i even said today i didn't necessarily agree with paul tassie when he said it's not just a problem for the crucible it's literally the only source for the currency i didn't necessarily agree with that i think there's clearly players who play on both sides and as long as both sides of the game have a lane to chase the currency that's good if you create too many lanes on the pve side one lane will become the fastest and the easiest and that's where they're going to gravitate toward and if crucible same deal if it's if it's way easier to get it by just running you know clash or or the 6v6 playlist or whatever and not going into trials then in that regard you're undercutting the lane so if as long as nightfalls are the main pve grind source i'm kind of okay with this but the minute you throw that currency into lower hanging areas like whether it's strikes or sundial or the seasonal activity in those circumstances you're undercutting nightfall's purpose and then and then that, that that's completely that's not helpful but for the pve player if they suddenly put this currency in pvp you're not going to suddenly go and start playing pvp you're like no i prefer pve and and the lane for me to and, and the lane for me to get this currency is nightfalls the angry texan do you think upgrade mats should be relegated to trials or iron banner or should also be earnable through valor glory rank up and resets as long as it's reasonable as long as it takes a certain amount of time again creating that daily weekly seasonal like almost like a ritualistic grind i think is good if it's only in trials if it's only an iron banner that might be a little bit too narrow like it's okay to give it to them every once in a while as long as they're playing um because again you don't want to starve that side of the player base they added armor 2.0 they added this lane and it's like oh it's a way for you to invest and they're like yeah but you can't do it in crucible that was my that's been my biggest adjustment to my 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 position on this terminal if Shaq started carrying bounties that allow you to do X, Y, and Z and rewards you with prisms and golf balls, how do you think that would pair well? Again, if you make it too accessible and too easy, you're gonna hurt. You're gonna hurt the system itself. Right now, it's pretty. It's it's pretty tough. You got to put some time in. It's kind of slow. And if you're like, oh, just go grab bounties from Shaq's, what you're doing is what I would call overcorrecting. Oh well, the Crucible can't get any of the currency. What should we do? Um. Uh, bounties and then all of a sudden a month goes by and you're like yeah it, it it was too easy they got a ton of them it's better to slowly introduce it like slowly say, okay listen we're gonna do on a complete reset we'll give you some we're not gonna give it to you on the sub ranks but on the main heading ranks we'll give you some prisms um you know uh it would and you know trials obviously give it to people on you know on trials I think when you do that you're clearly giving folks a rhythmic delivery and not like an overreaction where just grab a bunch of bounties and in two weeks you're buried in the stuff and it's way faster than nightfall next question poofy peanut uh, that's a name I feel like you should be able to reset glory and get an exotic shard each time at least do you think the legend weapons yeah I mean this is another example of as long as it's reasonable I'm not going to get super specific but I think that's a, that as long as it's reasonable delivery and you're not getting buried in the currency Versed TV. What do you think about armor ornaments as end game PvP rewards? Would it be enough to motivate players to play more week uh, than a weekly milestone? 
this is a piece of a larger solution. So when you look at Shax and Zavala, they need a seasonal rank and they need a reason to check in week to week, day to day, and for the entire season. And what you're doing is a piece of that. A part of that quality point would be if you play, if you grind up, if you get high enough level, there's going to be some nice ornaments to put on those weapons or armor pieces that are being featured this season. I've said similar things with raids. By themselves, I don't think it's good enough. There needs to be a fully orbed push here where you're getting, again, you're getting the resources at a reasonable clip. Uh, you're getting a decent drop rate of weapons and armor. You're, you're, you're given a sense of progression with the seasonal rank on, on shacks. And also, you're getting some of these vanity items, some of these decorative elements, some of these, uh, some of these ornaments. That's a fully orbed solution. If you just like throw ornaments at the crucible, it's not going to suddenly fix a lot of the problems with a lack of motivation and a lack of reason to grind. Uh, Mojo. This season ritual weapon for PvP was super easy for most of us to do due to Arbalest. For players without it, it was similar to previous ritual grind. How does Bungie balance these pursuits going forward for new and old players, Arbalest almost feeling like cheating? Yeah, I never consider that's why it's done so quickly for some folks compared to, you know, comparatively to, to other players. I do think that the the ritual grind for the weapons is a good thing. Right, I think it's hard to make the gun interesting every season. They did a pretty good job with Randy's, but I do think it's tough, you know, season to season to have a weapon that's interesting if you're not doing something unique with it or or some type of a curated role that is at, at the very least maybe it's unique for one season and then they roll that out to you know other weapons and other weapon types. And so I, I think it's good, but I think it is tough, you know, season to season to make it always interesting. I also think going for it should be I don't want to time gate it but it shouldn't be so lopsided like well if you have the arbalist people got it in an afternoon if you don't have the arbalist it's going to be really really painful and I don't necessarily know if the grind for the, the, the Komodo if you don't have an arbalist would we argue that the grind is worthy of the reward people would probably say no it's not that interesting of an item using a heavy linear fusion would have made it interesting though um, they ain't bad as an option just not the best it's super dependent upon you getting heavy and upon you getting kills with heavy and I think that's where it frustrates folks a lot of the times when you're pursuing a gun think of going for the thorn okay use a use a weapon use a primary that does void damage or something use a uh, use a primary to get this many kills use this type of weapon I think it really gets narrow when you go to heavy. When you go to a heavy weapon, it's like, okay, I got to get the heavy ammo, and then I got to get kills with the heavy, which is kind of tough sometimes because it can be kind of chaotic in there. You still have to get 2100 comp. Oh, you have to do that as well? In 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 any case, I, I do think there's possibly better structures to the quest lines. I'm not going to trot out one now because that's not my job. Like, Bungie just needs to create quest lines that maybe can be more rhythmically chiseled away at and then make sure that the the reward is actually worth it and again imagine that you don't really care about the Komodo but there is a seasonal almost ritualistic grind with Shaxx because he gets an update and he's got these bounties in these frames and because of that 
you can be sort of working on Komodo. Sorry, I'm sneezing. You can be sort of working on Komodo while also just sort of playing. Do you see? Like, if there is a if there's a day-to-day weekly almost ritualistic grind, you you can be working on that and in the process kind of working on Komodo. If all you're focused on is that gun, you're gonna you're either gonna knock it out in an afternoon with Arbalist, or you're gonna get really frustrated by how narrow it's just disrupting your entire playstyle, right? You're like, I don't wanna try to do linear fusion heavy, I don't wanna try to get linear fusion heavy kills, and you get really, really frustrated by it. So it's understandable for people to be like, this is too disruptive, uh, you know, to play flow. So if it's more natural with the play flow and it comes alongside of other quality updates in the Crucible, you can be like, eh, I'll get the ritual weapon when I get the ritual weapon. There's more close rewards I can go for now. Leveling up shacks. I'm going to get a perk at level 5 and this thing at level 10 and this other thing at level 15. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to grab my bounties. I'm going to play a lot of Crucible. I'm going to try and push my rank with shacks up. And in the process, I'm slowly working on the ritual weapon. When that side of the game is so starved for content, the only thing you could focus on was the ritual weapon. It either becomes a point of frustration or a point of, of just completely, it's, it's, it's totally invalidated. It's just trivialized. So it's either way too frustrating because it disrupts your playstyle, or it's completely and utterly trivial because you have the, the Arbalist. A melodic Gamer. Do you think there's room for PvP mods? We just had this question a little bit ago. I already answered whether or not they could do PvP mods. Bulldog. What have they added when you rank up Heroic? We already had that suggestion. That's not even a question. Uh, Whitlow. What about a chance of a drop of a golf ball in PvP per named rank? Like a chance every time you rank up. Yeah, I mean, linking it, linking it rhythmically to rank ups is something we've already had suggested as well. Royal Duck. How would you feel if some armor sets had perks that helped in the activities they drop in? So Crucible armor would help in PvP and Vanguard armor would help in strikes, for example. This is not a bad idea. This has been trotted out for a long, long time by myself and others. The idea of having, you know, uh, set bonuses and, you know, getting an entire set for a planet or strikes or a raid or or what have you and having that benefit the player. Uh, I do think this is a good idea. I, I struggle to see it squaring with the game as it presently exists. I don't need intrinsic benefits in strikes or raids. Uh, Now, raids, obviously, they had the Garden of Salvation had mods that helped, but by and large, the content's not challenging enough to to warrant, like, intrinsic benefits to the armor. Now, in Crucible, as we just had a couple of questions ago, and then the recent one, I just kind of glided over, what about Crucible mods? You just have to really, really be careful. If it's strong enough to warrant pursuit... And disrupting your play style, it might be too strong and it's going to really disrupt and make things imbalanced and then everyone feels like you have to run this build, right? If it's not strong enough to warrant your pursuit and disrupting your play style and your loadout, then what's the point? Getting getting that level of crucible mod in the game to land appropriately, I think would be significantly challenging for that reason. Eugene says, we need trial-specific mod slots so we can have mods like Angel of Mercy, Second Wind, Last Hope. You can 100% have Crucible-based mods that don't break the game. Outside of Trials, there were also D1 perks like Capture King that didn't break the game but were PvP-centric perks. Again, that's true, Eugene, but it still falls into what I'm saying. It has to be 
done in an appropriate way? Are you going to disrupt your loadout and your mods and your your distributed armor energy for those perks? Angel of Mercy, for example. Isn't that the one that's like a quicker res? I think. You're resing your teammates faster. Okay. If it costs four to five energy, you might not want to run it. You might be like, well, I... I ran it. I didn't really notice a difference. I didn't really... Most of the time, you're going for a res. You're really going to wait until it's not risky anyway. Um, So they'd have to be careful. And... Oh, more super energy on revive. Okay, there you go. So that would be the big question mark is... I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm saying if, in fact, they were to do it, what would be the energy cost so that people would feel like this is worth putting on? If the energy cost is too high and the benefit feels too inconsequential, then no one engages with it. If the energy cost is too low, then everybody runs it. It's not even a decision anymore. Everybody runs Angel of Mercy. Everybody runs this. Everybody runs that. So you'd either have to create mods that conflict with each other. You got to pick one of the four and there's different benefits to each and the energy cost is reasonable. Um, Because if not, again... I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm saying if they do, that is ultimately the dilemma that it lands in. It has to be worth doing, and the energy cost has to be reasonable enough to create that disruption in your loadout. Instead of just like, oh, it only costs one, just throw it on. It's a capstone. Lost Soul. What are your thoughts on what Trials of Osiris must bring to the table in order to be successful? In other words, how does it avoid falling flat like Trials of the Nine did? Trials of the Nine existed in a time when the game itself's Crucible was in a completely different state of not really feeling like Destiny Crucible, which fundamentally is what led to Trials of the Nine failing. Trials of the Nine, as a as an evolution of Trials, wasn't inherently flawed. They did go with a 4v4. Countdown wasn't necessarily a terrible game mode. It was a tried and true game mode, like search and destroy, map flipping, roll flipping, gotta get good at everything, gotta get good at, okay, what's the strategy for if they go market? What's the strategy if they go rugs? You have to kind of develop a fully orbed plan and good, good audibles to call. Fundamentally, Trials of the Nine failed because... The, the PvP Crucible Foundation was horrible. And ultimately, that was the part of the last point of my video. Trials will only land as a great capstone on top of a good foundation. Trials of the Nine will not, will not save Crucible. It simply cannot. It, the, the logistics of Trials, even back then, wasn't necessarily the problem. It was, as someone in chat is saying, it was six rounds of double primary countdown used to be six rounds with an intro as well yeah it, yeah it, it felt like an eternity it felt like an eternity so ultimately 3v3 elim on the right maps with some good boons in there a mercy boon i think is, is necessary the right maps 3v3 elim is a tried and true format and as long as the meta doesn't feel like garbage and i, I know people are like the meta is so bad right now but Listen, a lot of the things that you hate in the meta right now are likely to not get tons of traction in a more stripped-down 3v3 environment. You know, running around with Shoulder Charge and Lord of Wolves, it probably is not going to be a big deal in Trials. Because you feed another team an easy kill, and your ghost is now in their territory, that is a huge and significant problem for map balance and strength. Usually... Giving, giving those sorts of easy kills. Now, there are things 
there are things that are going to have to be looked at like handheld supernova is sort of the new firebolt and you know if you remember firebolts from d1 so handheld supernova might need looked at and the rental might need looked at outside of that there's not a ton of things in the meta i think they're going to that are going to destroy or or hurt um or, or hurt or hurt trials in any sense all right we just had the weekly update so we are going to come over eververse um that they uh you know they got all the amalon stuff for silver this week the sparrow the ghost and the ship um it's very clear to see there was an arms week maybe originally planned at some point um the ram sparrow is available for bright dust that one looks like it belongs to saint uh if you look at the back here it's got like the saint helmet um there's a there's a cutscene. Okay, change character. Um, let me turn this. Let me, let me turn game audio on for you guys. This is going to be a very very different um, feel for the podcast. Let me give you. I'm going to talk until it pops up. I've turned game volume up. I apologize to the audio listeners. This is unprecedented. They didn't. They don't typically do stuff like this. It's been a while, old man. The tower looks at you and sees a god. But I see a thug. A murderer. Betrayer. You know why I left the Infinite Forest. What I saw. A line has been drawn in this system. Light on one side, dark on the other. Where do you stand? Dude, Osiris is just going in and mouthing off to Rasputin. Are you serious? That is that is huge. That's uh that's pretty significant. My music's coming back on. If you guys are listening to the audio version, you just got obviously a sampling of something that you probably already saw. Uh that's pretty freaking awesome that he strolled into Rasputin's little section. And, uh, man, oh man, where'd you get that cutscene? I literally just changed characters. Lono Osiris is permanent. I, I don't know what that means, Eugene. That's crazy. So that means a lot of people thought we were going to be focusing on Mars and Rasputin next season. We're combing back through the previous seasons. Those predictions by people seem to be, uh, reigning correct. That we will be going back to Mars and dealing with Rasputin. Uh, that that had to be that was that was oh my gosh uh hang on i have to tweet about that omg <laughs> uh that oh gosh i can't type i can't type that osiris cutscene this man is standing toe uh to toe with Rasputin. That was great, dude. That was freaking great. How do I get a flame here? There we go. OMG, that Osiris cutscene. This man is standing toe-to-toe with Rasputin. Tweet. Alone of the spoiler. Osiris is so aggressive. I like I I knew that Rasputin was coming around again. I didn't think he was gonna stroll in until we had to face the pyramid ships that's when i thought rasputin was going to get his little his little comeback 
I didn't think freaking Osiris was going to stroll in there and be like, um, here, you know, I, I'm, I am, <laughs> I am basically calling you to account. And he called him an old man. Uh, he didn't go away at the end of the season. He's just, uh, he's not just a one and done character. Well, listen, listen, Luke Smith said this, right? Luke Smith said they were going to have the stories more woven together. They were going to do more of a handoff thing. And that is what they are doing. Osiris showed up largely because of what, 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 um, Ikora did with freaking warm, uh, the, 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 the way he shows up, he's like, you guys have been busy. What are y'all doing? By the way, I'm working on this. Come help me. And now he's the handoff to, to the next season with Rasputin. Season of the Worthy. That is, um, I don't know. I wonder if then we're going to get more of the Escalation Protocol Rasputin Warmind vibe and the idea of Paul Tassie's article with the Fallen and our predictions about Prison of Elders are largely probably not going to come true then because it seems they're uh, they're not going to they're not going to be going that direction they're going to be going to the direction of Rasputin and Mars um, oh we were just talking about this ornament yesterday long live the queen can be bought in, uh, with dust for the Telesto I'm going to go ahead and snag that that's well worth the bright dust the phalanx sh- shell is really cool I've always liked that one the Tech Machina and then the ram and then the blade wipe uh, emote. That blade could afford to be a little bit longer. It looks like a machete. Um, so, and then it's arms. It looks like it's arms for the ornament. I, the Amalon arms, I think, are are pretty hideous. Not a big fan of those. So, there's your Eververse. Uh, your modifiers this week. Your modifiers this week are going to be Ark. Uh, Art Grenadier with Blackout. Blackout's always just gross. And then Sundial is Arc Grenadier. So it'll be it'll be a fun week for Anarchies to come back out. Um, Glimmer for Shards. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody's doing Reckoning, but Reckoning is Arc Grenadier. And then the Ordeal is... The Insight Terminus Strike is the ordeal. Your three Nightfalls are Tree of Probabilities, Arms Dealer, and the Scarlet Keep. And we can, I guess, go to the tower and see if if anything else is going on. Dude, freaking Osiris just walking up into Rasputin's, like, chambers. That was freaking dope. Somebody said Paul Tassie's tweet. What did Paul say? Um, hang on, let's check and see what he said. Oh, frick. Uh, Paul Tassi says, cutscene, LOL. Welp, so much for Prison of Elders. <laughs> I told you. I was like, well, that pretty much shoots that, uh, that prediction down in flames. We are, uh, <laughs> we're not getting Chat what I miss. It was an awesome, awesome cutscene this week of Osiris. That's all I'm going to say. If you weren't here for it, I don't want to go too much into detail and includes Osiris. And, and, Res, and Rasputin. Okay, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. Um, Lost Soul said, what are your thoughts on Travel of Osiris? Bring back, uh, bring to the table in order to be successful. In other words, oh, we already addressed this one. That the reason Trials of Osiris largely didn't go, uh, Trials of the Nine didn't go over that well was primarily because of the, uh, 
primarily because of the the way that they had it set up with the uh, the meta at the time, the double primary. Um, this this is something that they're going to have to consider for Trials of Osiris. I think they're going to have to pick the right maps. They really have to pick the right maps because fundamentally, with the way that the three v three flows, I do think some of the maps are going to be um, less than desirable. Um, <clears throat> Cactus will have a video of it soon for those of us that have missed it. Well, hopefully he can squeeze 10 minutes out of it. <laughs> oh, yay. Uh, Grizzly Bear with 43 months. Thank you. 100 bits from Papa Crabman. Five months from McCheshire. And 32 months from Hawkeye. Thank you very much, guys, for all those resubs. Yeah, we watched the cutscene. Yeah, yeah, And I'm not going to grab my Fractaline just yet. I'm going to do my weeklies. Uh, we got Pulse Rifle. We got Scorn. Um, Cabal anywhere in the system. Swords, uh, bow, precision final blows on Cabal, but they lowered that. Gravely defeat enemies in two or more with precision final blows. That pairs really, really well with that one. Five patrols, 150 fallen. So your weeklies are really, really good. Your weeklies are really good right now. Um, seems very coincidental that Mars is the flashpoint. You think that there's suddenly something, something in the game right now? You think there's like a, a hidden exotic or something like the one that time they did that? next question from Ashton Adams how do you feel about changing the masterwork on weapons I have gotten rid of so many weapons because the masterwork wasn't good we got this question yesterday and um, I ultimately said that I'm okay I am okay with them letting you change the masterwork on a gun to finally uh, to finally get the right role and to not have the right masterwork is a bit of a bummer. I don't feel like, you know, the masterwork is that influential. Um, it's it's marginally influential. So, uh, 0v7. In D1, we had weeklies that gave us marks and other stuff. Would you like to see something similar to this with playing three comp matches for a golf ball or ascendant shards? And with strikes, the same, maybe even Gambit. I don't like getting down into specifics like this because I think it's easier for Bungie to get down into the specifics and say, let's run some simulations and see what the earn rate looks like. I am highlighting the need, okay? The need, okay? Crucible can't really grind for the currencies for Armor 2.0. I am saying that I believe that's a flaw in design that needs addressed. Well, Bungie can get down into the muck and the mire and the specifics on how to solve that. I'm I'm not going to do that because... I, ultimately, when we get into these Q&A sessions and discussions, sometimes I make suggestions, but usually the suggestion's pretty big picture, all-encompassing. Not like, well, at this number of games and at this interval, that's 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 the way they should do it. I don't I don't like doing that. So shards for glimmer. Oh, you use your legendary shards for glimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What a freaking jerk, dude. What a jerk. The way he has it set up right now. Um, Next question from Dan. With the sword changes coming, do you think there would be some more exotic swords coming, like Dark Drinker, Raze Light, or ETC? Not saying that they could come back, but swords along those lines. Hope that's better. There you go. Um, Here's the way I look at the sword update. I, I, I could see them having swords have more of a presence next season maybe a ritual weapon please let it be the vanguard then after that they used language that seemed to indicate this was something they wanted to invest in in future updates 
so I could see an exotic sword showing up later. Raid's Lighter makes a comeback or something. Maybe really late the next season in Season of the Worthy, that's one of the hidden missions, like how we got the Whisper and the Outbreak. They could do something very, very similar with Raid's Lighter, Dark Drinker, and the Bolt Caster. I, but the way they phrased it, I feel like they're going to do this first. They're going to see what our response is. Maybe have some swords in there, a ritual sword or something. Maybe there'll be a sword in the new, uh, the new seasonal content. Because right now there's not a sword in Sundial. As far as there being this, oh wow, Ray's Lighter's making a comeback, Dark Drinker's making a comeback. I don't think so. I think that's a little early for that. They're, they're probably going to want to make sure the dust on this settles well before they start completely hey, not only did we did a swords update but here's a bunch of swords and here's exotic swords and swords, 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 swords. Like, it did seem the way they phrased some of the update this is going to come in stages quality of life first maybe a couple swords and then they, they've got things they want to do in the future with it Oki 401 when the topic of weapons that are too powerful and broken it's almost always related to pvp how can bungie introduce new powerful and interesting guns to chase without breaking crucible i believe one of the best things to do would be elemental based perks on primaries generally speaking the weapons that really run away and create problems are either secondary weapons or heavy weapons or weapons that have absurdly high aim assist. Like right now, if you look at, you know, the, the spare rations, aim assist probably needs to come down a little bit on the spare rations. Not to the point that you break it, just bring it in line with other weapons in its same lane, in its same um, archetype. But by and large, the weapons that become problematic are weapons like you know, shotguns or, you know, powerful, you know, heavy weapons. These are usually the weapons that get complained about because usually their lethality is so high and their power is so high you can't really do anything to stop it right if somebody comes charging around a corner with a shotgun you can't really stop that from getting you you can't really stop somebody from killing you with uh you know, like a heavy weapon or the wardcliff coil or something that's not really a possibility because by and large they're so strong and their lethality is so high that you're just gonna get killed by them um, and so th- I think that's one of the reasons that, that people complain and we have already watched the cutscene um, I did not skip your question please don't do that unless you actually see it on screen get skipped please don't do that in chat uh, it's distracting and I want to answer everybody's questions but I also don't need pestered about skipping your question unless you visibly see it on screen please don't do that okay on the topic of weapons that are too powerful we just did that one Kappa Kid um says, do you think adding pinnacle gear aspect to crucible loot pool, like when you reset your valor, or when you rank up, would be reasonable? Yeah, we've already had this one. 420 Greenside. Is this you, the one that just said I skipped your question? <clears throat> That's why I said don't do it. So Warface is an FPS MMO that runs on the Crytek engine. It just came to Switch. Do you think Destiny is soon to follow? I have no idea if they could ever get this game to run on the Switch. Um... As far as wanting to go to another engine so they could basically potentially do something like that, well, sure. That'd be great if, like, the next Destiny lands on a new engine. And in landing on a new engine, it's more agile. Um, I don't necessarily think we need to go to the Unreal Engine, but if you look at Fortnite as an example, Fortnite has a lot of agility. It can run on a phone, it can run on a Switch, it can run on the Xbox. They standardize 60 FPS on consoles, which a lot of games don't freaking do that. So, 
the engine gives you that ability. Destiny's engine's pretty old. It's pretty outdated. I know they probably get sick of hearing about it, but it is older. When they started building Destiny, I would guess in 2010. That's a decade ago. Um, it was. It, it's an engine that is that I believe is great. It gives Destiny, I think, the best feel of any shooter that I've ever played. Titanfall 1 and 2 and Apex Legends are the only shooters on the market that even come close, and even then, I believe those are outdone by Destiny. No shooter feels as good as Destiny, and I've played a ton of them, and you that would be the biggest concern with an engine swap. You lose that feel. You, you lose the way that Destiny feels. Now, there are the beginnings and the murmurings of the fact that 343, 343 is using a new engine... Uh, slipstream or something like that for the next Halo and Halo and Destiny have very similar uh, feels like the way they feel your movement your guns the gun handling they feel similar and if 343 can capture the Halo feel in this new engine it's possible that they could you know maybe assist or it could be outsourced to build you know the next Destiny on that engine or something now again Slip space? Yeah, it's slip space, not slipstream. It's slip space, I think. The the way the way that they've been interacting with Phil Spencer, it just has my spidey sense tingling a little bit. Spill sensor spills Phil Spencer showed that mobile device, that NVIDIA mobile device with Destiny 2 on it. We know he's a huge, you know, Destiny fan. I don't know. I just I feel like Microsoft and Destiny could could go somewhere. There could be something in the works he seemed to reply very quickly to their tweet about them going independent and has since done a bungee bounty with them I don't know I don't know it feels like there might be something going on there I'm not going to read too deep into the tea leaves and be like oh my gosh they're going to work with Phil Spencer and Microsoft but it's like Microsoft's building an infrastructure that to a certain degree it feels really really good for Destiny think about Destiny as a game you play with other people it's a hobbyist style game. You want to get your weeklies and your dailies done, et cetera, et cetera. It has that feel, right? And the way that Microsoft's building the new Microsoft platform is it's a perfect platform to say, play Destiny anywhere with anyone, right? As, as, as a value point. And I think that, that that marriage could be a very happy one. When I think of games that are built for the play anywhere play on your PC, play on your console that system, Destiny is like the perfect game for that because of the way you play Destiny, the way you think about it and then we all desire cross play if you could suddenly have PC players and Xbox players playing Destiny together that's a pretty nice win Uh, again, this is all total speculation, but to me if I'm Microsoft and I look at the popularity and the longevity of Destiny, I'm thinking man, what a great game what what a great game to show off all of our new all of our new digs with the Microsoft platform. That's a great game right there. First of all, it's Bungie. They're they're not a lightweight developer in the developing world. They have a lot of respect and a lot of a lot of prestige. And then it's a five year old franchise that nets almost a million players a day. Like that's powerful. I don't know. Um, 
PC versus Xbox and PvP, that's a farm. Well, you have to understand something. Right now, when you play Fortnite, if you blend your lobby, you know what you're signing up for. They wouldn't just automatically blend the lobby so some god-tier crazy mouse keyboard player can run circles around you in the Crucible. You would only blend lobbies if you initiated. Blended lobbies in crossplay is initiated by the player. People always turn that into the boogeyman. Oh my gosh, crossplay is terrible, Lono. Oh my gosh, PvP will be a disaster, Lono. It'll be terrible, Lono. It's player-initiated, homie. If you don't want to play crossplay in PvP, then you don't initiate it. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it works that way in Fortnite. If you're playing on your PS4 and you want to play with me on PC, we're going to go into blended lobbies. And that's fair. You don't want me on PC farming it up on Xbox, like just running, dancing circles around people because I'm playing with my buddy on console. You could just literally create Smurf accounts so you could play against console people and farm for wins. So blended lobbies... It, it makes sense. They they have to have it where you initiate it, and then that's what you're that's you know that's what you're signing up for. Uh, Mad GWOP. Do you think that they will remove energy ammo drops in trials? Would it have an impact? Well, <laughs> yes, it would have an impact. No, I don't think they're going to do this. Are they going to have to look at the economy of ammo potentially? That generally, ammo ammo economy problems in PvP are the most pronounced in Trials because Trials comes down to map control and map control can be very, very swayed by them having sniper ammo and you not having sniper ammo. By them having shotgun ammo and you not having shotgun ammo. Map control can very much be dictated by who has ammo and who doesn't. Um, so special ammo became a bit of a bear in Trials in D1. Um, Loot saying special ammo is not a problem in 3v3. I don't know if you played Trials in D1, but it was a hum- it was a humongous problem. Because the minute they nerfed uh, special ammo economy, everybody pivoted to sidearms. And then when they nerfed the sidearms, everybody pivoted to the icebreaker. Special ammo economy has a massive, massive influence over map flow and map control, which is ultimately what three, four, uh, 3v3 comes down to. Um, so... Did you discuss the new cutscene? We watched it. We watched it. And I think a lot of folks were saying that. They were saying it looks like we'll probably go back to Mars and maybe have some things going on with Rasputin. Those people are correct. There's a cutscene today that involves Osiris and Rasputin. That's all I'm going to say. Go watch it on your own. Uh, this pretty much shoots down the theory of Prison of Elders coming back with Trials. That's, that's probably not happening. Uh, that leaves room for maybe it being factions. Uh because it says trials and more returns if, if something else is quote unquote returning it would need to be something that has been taken away and an EP rework yeah maybe I, th- if they're going to do something with EP it's it would need to be it would need to be free you can't I, you, like Bungie knows this they can't charge for a reskin because it's just going to get a ton of if, if they were like hey season of the worthy it got trials wait wait you took trials away from us. We got to pay for it. Now I'm saying they need to do that. Don't don't worry. But if if alongside of that they said, oh, and the seasonal activity is escalation protocol. No, <laughs> that wouldn't fly. That wouldn't fly. I think PvP crowd will get over the fact if trials is behind the seasonal paywall because of cheaters. Any barrier is helpful. That's not a good enough barrier, but it's it's some form of a barrier. Um, but if they also were like, oh, and the seasonal activity is Escalation Protocol. Keep in mind, I've been saying they need to re- repurpose Escalation Protocol, but it would need to be free. In the same way they made like the obelisks free, 
and the Vex invasions were kind of free. You could just be on the moon and you could interact with the Vex invasions. You would need to repurpose EP and make it free. My advice for EP would be let us match make from orbit. It's a six man activity and clean up the loot pool for guns because you could bring the hand cannon over. There's an Icolos hand cannon. Give them random rolls and then make the armor have the seasonal slot from this season. And then that's just totally free. If they make Escalation Protocol protocol match made, number one, it cleans up Mars. Mars as a public space kind of sucks because people are constantly hitting EP so they can like farm hive for a bounty. And then the flags are never there. The public events are never happening. It's like, what the frick is this? EP needs to be ripped out of the public space. Listen, I, I know why they did that. There's this sort of... Uh, there's this romantic idea about people being in the public space and doing something awesome together. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but we have to just totally just get rid of that idea and that sentimentality. It's it's just foolhardy. That's not EP was always always like I just let's just try and get people in the same. We want to get people in the same instance. And so you try to get like six to nine people in the same instance. And now what happens? Everybody just uses EP for bounty farms. So you're like running through the area like, ooh, maybe I'll get a flag before I go do this lost sector or this adventure. Nope, just kidding. Somebody triggered EP and there's no one here. There's no one here. (laughs) They farmed a thrall and then they left. Listen, I do it. You do it. We all do it. You know, everyone poops and everyone uses EP to farm bounties like it's just <laughs> they need to make it match made it would it would be a huge huge win for the public space because the public events never happen because of escalation protocol and the the the, the fact of the matter is if, if Mars is going to be a focal point next season and right now it's a flashpoint right it's a perfect time for people to see this kind of sucks as a flashpoint <laughs> because of escalation protocol and escalation protocol is great I, I it, it's it's a it's a really fun they're fun encounters the boss fights are pretty cool and i think the armor is hot it's some of the hottest armor in the game super sexy and i think the guns are dope if they came back with random rolls it'd be really exciting especially that hand cannon i love that hand cannon and the smg uh and obviously ikalash shotgun is everybody's you know favorite in the bunch but there's some good guns in there uh, and again, if it's a free update, nobody could really complain. They did something similar with the forges, keep in mind. The four forges, the Braguzia, the Valunder, and, and, and uh, Gofan, and all those, those are now rotating day-to-day match made from orbit. So it's clear Bungie's willing to go back to something like that, revisit it, and give it a nice quality of life bump. And I would say next season is the perfect time to do that for Escalation Protocol. And Smoky Gaming. I have seen people speculating that Bungie is just milking the franchise till 2024 to then abandon Destiny for their rumored IP. Do you think Bungie could sustain Destiny 2 for four more years or uh, not what I think, just an observation of others? I feel like this is really unlikely for a handful of reasons. I trotted out a pretty lengthy argument in my Destiny 3 speculation video. If you're just going to milk D2 and then let it die, there's no reason to break apart from Activision. There's no reason to put Luke Smith in charge. There's no reason to do a director's cut and talk about building the destiny that they want to build. There's literally no reason to do any of that. They could just lived out. They could have lived out the rest of the contract with Activision with Destiny 2, and they could have moved to this NetEase deal. Okay, all of those signs point to 
Destiny 3 happening at some point. And then there's the vid doc where they seemingly very intentionally let us see all the way out to year 7. It was like season 11 ends and it's like 4, 5, 6, and 7. I don't think that was an accident, right? I don't think that was an accident. Oh, the music is going to be a little bit louder. Thank you for pointing that out. Oh, wow. This Q&A is going to be a little bit weird for the audio listeners. We turned that up for the cutscene. Thank you, Dark Seraphim, for pointing that out. Um, thankfully, it's chill hop, so it's not super disruptive. It's probably really noticeable on this song, though, because it's a little bit louder. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't think they let us see that dry erase word by, like, by accident. I know that dry erase word's not like gospel truth written in stone, Moses coming down from the mountain, but... I definitely think that was that was a bit of a hat tip. And when you look at Luke Smith's director's cut and he acknowledges the technological limitations of Destiny 2, whatever goes in must come out. We're running out of space. I cannot see, okay? I, I cannot see Destiny 2 being it being like 2023 and 2024 and we're still hammering away at Destiny 2 and the new consoles are certainly going to play a part in this equation. They are certainly going to play a part in this equation. It's like with 2023, are you going to be booting up Destiny 2 on your Xbox Series X and your PS5? I don't know. That just seems it just seems really unlikely. I would say 2022 is your launch date for Destiny 3. 2022. They can use those two years to let people migrate to the new consoles so they can leave the old ones behind. Uh, Migrate to the new consoles and then in 2022 they can launch on the PS5 and the Xbox One Series X and PC and you can get really good Christmas combo deals on the new consoles like buy the PS5 bundle with Destiny 3. Like, I don't know. Um... Destiny 2 is at 80 gigs. We have no space. Meanwhile, Call of Duty Modern Warfare has 150 gigs. I think these people misunderstand when we say space, okay? The game's engine and the way that it accesses its own internal mechanisms and its own world is limited. And Call of Duty taking up 150 gigs of storage space on your hard drive is a false... Those aren't equivalent. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, you're running out of space on your hard drive. That's not what Bungie's talking about. Hard drive space can always be expanded upon or freed up. They're talking about the actual, the in, the internal mechanisms of the game are being strained. It's not hard to see. It really isn't hard to see. It's like, man, this game is busting at the seams. We're having issues with load times. We're having issues with getting into the tower. Uh, I, <laughs> I would say you can set, you can almost feel it. You can almost feel it in the game. You're like, this game is busting at the seams. It's an imitation. Yeah, it's an engine limitation for sure. For sure. You also have to consider that this engine was built for peer-to-peer. And so all the background infrastructure is dependent on somebody hosting the, the areas. So nothing is sitting on like a dedicated server. So there's not like this big world server space that has all this stuff running on it. it it's, it's literally all on your machine within the engine running. Um, yeah, I play the new cutscene. Robinson Hood. I understand why high stat roll armor is left for pinnacle content. <laughs> that's that's funny. No, it's not. But it just leaves so many armor pieces worthless. Do you think there should be ways to make them ornaments like grindy quests or a triumph? To be fair, I'm not. I don't want to make fun. I don't. I'm not trying to be mocking of your question. But pinnacle content does not give you high stat armor. <laughs> this has been a common complaint, actually. The um. 
the 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 dungeon is a perfect example. Those stat the stat rolls on those armor pieces are like in the high forties, like forty eights and forty nines. That's a joke. Uh, the stat rolls on the Garden of Salvation armor were usually low fifties. Um, Iron Banner was the best source for you know high stat roll armor, and for somebody to say that Iron Banner is pinnacle, I I know people like, Iron Banner's end game. Okay. Oh sure, okay, boomer. <laughs> uh, now, as far as like master uh, the 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 legend sundial, sure, legend sundial um, gives you you know the pinnacle grind, but I don't even think the stats change when you're in there. Personally, I think there's potentially an internal problem here with respect to the database. I don't know if Bungie can say, "Here's a piece of armor, and here here are the potential uh, stats. Here's the floor. Here's the ceiling." I don't know if they can say, let's give a stat propensity because this fell in the raid. Uh, well, they could have done it with the raid because it's one freaking loot pool. But, for example, the seasonal armor. Oh, what's it called? Righteous, The righteous armor? Is that what it's called? It comes from the season pass. And it also comes from the tower, uh, the little obelisks. Okay, so here's righteous helmet. All right. And it drops as a 64 from the season pass. Now, the Righteous Helmet can drop in a variety of places. It can drop from an obelisk when you're leveling it up. It can drop when you're running Sundial. Now, I don't know if Bungie can say when it drops from an obelisk, it can't go above 55 total stats, but when it drops in Legend Sundial, give it a higher stat propensity. I don't know if they can do that internally with armor drops. It was a brand new system. Think about it. With Shadowkeep, that stat roll number and total and all of that was a whole new system that came in Shadowkeep. So more than likely, if they're going to come behind that update and give stat propensities and drop rates that like, oh, this dropped in Legend Sundial, it, it should have a higher stat propensity than something that came from an obelisk, okay? If they're able to do that, great. I kind of feel like they can't do that. I don't know why, it's just a hunch. It's like, hmm they would need there to be adept versions of the armor with their own rules internal to the armor, their own stat propensity rules and this is just a guess just with respect to the way that they've done armor and the way I've I don't know, they've talked about stuff before and and it just, I don't know, that's a hunch that they can't do it. If they can, great they certainly should be saying if something drops in harder difficulty content or aspirational content, the stat leans and the stat totals should be higher <laughs> than something you get from like the tower or something that you get from an obelisk. Um, I, I don't think raid armor should drop below 55. 55 should be the floor. 65 should be the ceiling. And and that, I think that would be a significant win. The armor that was dropping, here's, here's how I kind of feel like I can make my case on why I don't think they can do it. The armor that drops in the dungeon, it seemed like they took that armor and they gave the Dreambane armor a lower propensity because you could get it so easily from the lectern. And so subsequently, when you run the dungeon, the stat propensity rules of the Dreambane armor is applied and it drops it like a 48 because it's fully masterworked. That, that to me tells me it's like well surely it seems they created some sort of a propensity rule here for this armor and since this armor drops in the dungeon it's it's having that restriction applied to it and therefore it's not that appealing as a drop and since it's fully masterwork it tricks you it's like oh my gosh it's a 64 no no it's a 52 <laughs> oh it's a 61 no 
Now it's a 49. <laughs> so that that tricked a lot of people. When we were, I don't even know if I have any right now. <laughs> I remember seeing one when I first dropped, and I was like, oh my gosh, look at this armor. And someone's like, Lono, that's fully masterworked. And I was like, oh, this sucks. So I have continued to try to say, I give Bungie credit. They did a great job. Armor 2.0 is a wonderful value system. I've got so much customization and creativity. I was running a build earlier where I, I you know, I've been running a Xenophage as my primary or the sword as my primary because I have so much control and customization over my armor. They turned a lot of knobs. They added a lot of things. Now that the dust is settling, they need to go in and tighten down some of the bolts. And one of those bolts that needs tightened down is... Okay, if I'm going to run aspirational content, then the stat the stats should be pretty good. And I said this the other day. Was it yesterday? It might have been yesterday. Now that they're really giving you a reason every season to move on to new armor, it's okay to give you really, really good stats. So I would say about halfway through Season of the Worthy, you're going to be like, I should start getting Season of the Worthy armor to get ready for the summer season. I was able to use all my Season of Dawn armor because of the new seasonal mod update, so I come into Season of the Worthy with Dawn armor, and I'm ready to go. I can try out the new mods, I can experiment with the new digs, and it feels fresh, and it feels new. But, as the season sort of comes to a close or starts to round itself out, I'm going to be like, yeah, I want to get ready for the summer season. My Dawn armor will not be able to run any of the seasonal mods in the summer. I'm going to need Season of the Worthy armor. So there's always this soft push forward you know halfway through the season or near the end of the season for you to start replacing your armor this to me is grounds to say you can start to be a little bit more generous with stat rolls and stat leans because i'm 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 gonna kind of slide forward eventually and leave some of this stuff behind the dilemma for bungie is going to be how do you get me to leave behind charge with light and charge with light builds well you gotta have new digs that are pretty awesome in season of the worthy Uh, okay, okay, how do you get me to let go of that? Season of the Worthy could have some pretty cool things. What if, what if Season of the Worthy's got some stuff that I can pair with Charge of Light that's really, really good, and you don't really unseat that when the summer season rolls around? I can keep this armor. You can't stop me from continuing to use it. You can try and incentivize me to move forward, sure, but you can't make me stop using it. they've They've not taken that approach in Destiny 2. They have not done a loot prune. They just let you keep using whatever the frick you want. You can use an uh, an Igalash shotgun and a Midnight Coup right now if you want to. Nobody's stopping you. Level it all the way up. Right? So that's going to be something that's going to be challenging for them is they're going to have to really, really think, okay, what if somebody combines these two mods from Worthy with these three mods from Dawn are they ever going to want to take this off? Is this going to be potentially broken or too strong or unseatable? That's going to be one of the challenges. I would think one of the ways they would do this is create this new system where let's just imagine the worthy mods they deliver don't really get to their full power unless you're using like four of them or five or all five, maybe three, three's not bad, three to four. They're going to shove, they're going to kind of push you like you're really going to want to use four or five of these. And then when season of the summer rolls around, you're going to think in a similar mindset. I got to let go of charge with light. This new stuff's really cool and I got to run four of them or I don't really get the benefits. It's it's pointless if I don't get the benefits. So you're either going to stay stuck in the past, which is fine. They're allowing you to do that. They're not making you get rid of your armor or you're going to do what I call self pruning. When Shadowkeep landed, we all self-pruned our armor. We're like, get rid of all this old crap. And we just got rid of it. We, we thinned out our own, our own, uh, 
our own vaults. If it's a self-prune, then I think that's fine. People get really ticked when you start talking about pruning the loot pool. They're like, don't you dare. And they're, they, they with like white knuckles, like, don't you dare take these guns from me. Don't you do that. I grinded for these. These, like, these took a long time. When's the last time you used it? That's not, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Don't you take my Kindle Orchid from me. It doesn't matter that I haven't used it in six months. Now you, don't you take this from me. <laughs> if it's a self-prune, if you're choosing to do it, then that's motivated by your own desires and and they've incentivized you to do it and then it's a different it's 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 the like the way armor 2.0 landed uh eltos with a, a three month sub thank you impacting venture i don't know if my other one got submitted how do you balance handheld handheld supernova oh frick i don't have the answer homie all i know is firebolt grenades before they got nerfed because of viking funeral gave way too much map control in trials firebolt grenades didn't really get complained about too much until they, until they became a problem in trials with respect to map control this guy doesn't know about pvp doesn't know what he's talking about yes i do the firebolt grenades gave way too much map control you could hit somebody on a corner and then push and they'd be really really weak it was an easy pick and if it wasn't even not even an easy pick it was really easy for lane dominance and choke point dominance because you could push people back off of a choke point or a lane with one firebolt they were so freaking strong and handhelds in a similar spot it's it's so strong that it equals easy kill and if not easy kill you're going to put somebody on death's doorstep and so that that early early game pick um is going to i think create problems in 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 trials um handheld supernova is different than a primer nade you can throw really far away right i just i don't have the answer I don't have the answer. I just making I'm making a prediction. I believe aim assist on the spare rations will get adjusted. I believe the Arental fusion will finally get addressed, and I believe handheld supernova will also be addressed. How? I have no idea. I've got a decent track record. <laughs> I have a decent track record. I'm like, yeah, they're probably gonna nerf this, and then it gets nerfed. And they're like, screw you, Lono. Why do you keep asking for stuff to get nerfed? I'm like, I just can kind of tell when something's outside the bell curve. It's not that hard to see. Like, meh. This is kind of broken. Um, it's probably going to get nerfed, like Igalos and other things that we've we've um, we've talked about. Eugene says, "Stop aping, and you'll stop dying to handheld supernova." Uh, I don't know. I've seen some pretty high skilled players just trying to maintain a lane and a, and a control point on a map with a hand cannon, and they've they're getting killed by handheld supernova. I don't think it's as simple as that. Um, so again, again. Uh, whenever you look at map control in a 3v3 environment, the ability to really hurt someone and push them back off of a, off of a lane by like just throwing a grenade, I think be- becomes a problem. Um, so aggressive playstyle struggles to get traction in in trials. I, I've I've said that right. You're not going to deal with probably Lord, maybe Lord of Wolves, but you're not going to deal with like somebody running in with a Lord of Wolves and running in with shoulder charge. They're not going to do that. They're going to be handing you an easy pick. It'll be more methodical. It'll be more thoughtful. And some of that stuff doesn't work. I don't think... um, Conjurer's Hold shouldn't give a shield. Some people have said that. They said it's not handheld supernova. It's Conjurer's... Like, I... In any case, I believe it'll be addressed. I don't have the answer. That's just my prediction. That they will address handheld supernova, aim assist on spare rations, and the Arental Fusion Rifle. I believe those are getting addressed before next season. 
because of their the way that they're used and the way that they function presently will be a potential threat to the quote-unquote meta of trials everything else doesn't seem that bad like oh team shot with pulse rifles with shoulder charge mind benders uh, it's really hard to play that aggressive it's also really hard to just sit on a lane and pulse like the uh, and then again that comes down to map choice like if bungie picks the right maps you know the the lane camp pulse rifle you know meta is going to struggle to get you know traction also you pick the right maps and it's easy to disrupt those people with a grenade or a, or a, or a, a good flank uh let's see what do we have nosebleed with two months 13 months from buddha time and the papa chop with 17 months welcome back i'm not going to get dogmatic and argue for something to be nerfed i'm merely making predictions about what i think will be addressed to some degree or another if handheld supernova inadvertently gets addressed through something else I, I still think it's going it is going to be addressed in some regard and I believe that the aim assist on spare will get dropped down a little bit and then a rental I think with the a rental fusion and some of the other fusions they don't need to necessarily nerf them they need cone spread to increase at a certain amount of meters like once you get beyond shotgun range that cone spread should be spreading out more that would not hurt pve i'm not using a fusion rifle from a thousand yards away in pve why would i do that the cone spread could increase probably a little bit to help and then some damage drop off and you would probably be able to fix some of the issues with fusions vorpal do you think they might be looking to change fusion rifles or even certain types of weapons to the new sword energy style usage? Could be could this change fix the alleged a rental problem in PvP? I already just spoke to the PvP issue. I never considered this. I like I, I like how this might this might be a good idea for fusions. Because you could you could have an energy thing where fusions could have a you can shoot it as fast as you want. A full charge gets more damage and consumes more energy, and then the energy has to build back up. And rapid charges, rapid fires, consume ammo but don't consume energy. I don't know. I think there's potential there with fusions and linear fusions to become to become in a similar way, like there to be a little bit of a of a of a give and take, and maybe some stylization of like, oh, it's not just like a oh, charge it up and then. I've said this before, the low the low charge time fusions are frustrating because you usually want to use it on a major and captains, they roll out of the way knights put their shield up, minotaurs teleport, all it takes is a couple of my fully charged fusion shots to miss or slightly miss or not hit their whole body and I'm like, oh forget this, I can just barrel stuff with a shotgun fusions are, it's so tough to supplant a shotgun because the ammo economy is almost identical and the efficacy doesn't seem better on a fusion, it seems in some cases worse, because if it's a slow charge time, all it takes is a couple times of you kind of missing or slightly missing and you're like this sucks, I'll just go to a shotgun um Sim Simachio do you think power level should be relevant in trials? I hope not. What about the artifact? Uh, trials should be behind a paywall. It should require 950, and it should require a multi-week quest, because the cheaters can suck it. And if they get banned and they have to make a new account, they're going to have to get to 950. That'll take them two to three weeks. They're going to have to go through a multi-week uh, quest, and if you can keep them out of trials for a month, great. Screw them. They suck. They need to be removed from the game for all eternity. Right? But... 
if you don't do this, you're going to make it open season on trials. If there's if there's no power gate, if there's no quest gate, if there's no price gate, it's like free to play, make a new account, free to play, make a new account, free to play, make a new account, and then trials is going to be misery, for mainly for people on PC. Right now, okay, legitimate players that are interested in trials are probably 950. It's not hard to hit 950. 950 happens automatically if you've been playing since Shadowkeep, okay? Not that hard. A two-week quest that literally requires you to, like, go talk to Saint. That's all you gotta do. (laughs) Go talk to Saint. I can't wait for you to play, my friend. And you're like, okay, bye. And then you come back the next week. You're going to fight like a caged animal. And you're like, oh, sweet. And then you leave. That's it! That's the quest! That's all you have to do. So when some doucher gets banned and makes a new account, he has a month to work to get there. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's going to take me two to three weeks to get 950 with really good RNG. Then I can't even go into trials yet. I got to go talk to Saint once I am 950 and I talk to him and then I come back the next week and I talk to him and now I can go into trials. Well, a month has gone by. Now, some people have said, if you do that, Lono, the cheaters are just going to have extra players loaded into the hopper, ready to go. Okay, so super highly dedicated cheaters are going to buy the season pass multiple times. They're going to grind the 950 multiple times. They're going to talk to season multiple times. I, 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 that's going to be a minority. That'd be a huge, huge minority. Um, I, to me that you're going to keep out a significant portion of the cheaters if you do that especially keeping it out of trials now the rest of the game they need anti-cheat they got to figure out how to implement anti-cheat because you're just going to flood the rest of the game with cheaters and they're like well I can't go into trials um you know Johnny credit card and little Billy that that, that just keeps buying the game because his mom doesn't pay attention to what he's doing those people are the people that you're really trying to block you know, if you can block 70-80% of the cheaters, the likelihood of you running into them goes down. The real, real dilemma for trials are account recovery DDoSers. Those are the real problem. Because if Steve in South Carolina plays, pays some account recovery DDoSer to get him flawless, and then he gets his account back, is Bungie going to catch that? I have no idea. They run their reports, they do their research, and they ban people, but it's like, they're, it, it's not, it, it doesn't seem to be super fast, okay? So, are they going to say, well, this guy had a really weird trials card, you know, he went flawless and most of the team's disconnected, what should we do? Well, what's the rest of his games look like? I, it's totally normal. He might skate on through. One fishy trials card? Eh, they're probably not going to ban him. I have continued to say one of the things they need to do to stop dossers, especially in trials, and this might not be technologically possible, but if they can run a report and say, you just won four games in a row, five games in a row, and the other players have gotten all disconnected, you're in a 24-hour probationary period while we research your account. (laughs) And that would probably stop a lot of people from doing it. They'd be like, well, I can't take you flawless. We got bopped by a 24-hour probationary period, and I, I, I gotta move on to the next people. I gotta move on to the next card. And then that person wasted their money. And maybe in that 24-hour period, Bungie's like, yeah, this is clearly a DOS or your account's banned. You lost all your stuff. You met, you're, you'd see a lot of people stop doing that. 
if they see people losing their accounts again is it technologically possible i have no idea i have I, I don't know i think they can put enough barriers this is more defensive right defensive would be to put all these barriers you got to buy it you got to grind the 950 you got to talk to osiris or 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 saint you know two different weeks so the average garden variety cheater is going to be like, dude, I don't want to go through that. I got banned and it's going to take me a month to get back in there. Forget that. The really committed guys doing the DDoSing and doing the account recoveries would largely be the the, the main threat at that point. Um, so there's defensive. That's great. There's reactive. That's what they do with the research and the bans. And then finally, they need preventative. Preventative defensive and reactive they all need to coexist what preventative would be anti-cheat you can't boot up the game you like nope sorry we detected something or you get into the game and you boot it up and you're trying to run your cheat software and then they detect it and they ban you on the spot um so next question from m starrett how do you feel about a specific pvp armor mod uh more super energy from capturing zones increase resilience yeah we had some questions about pvp mods i don't want to spend any more time talking about it we already talked about it dark ruler do you think that they should add meta weapons to the crucible pool to make people want to play like spare rations in destiny 1 i spent countless hours playing crucible for a god roll is luna or a matador 64 i think there's a happy medium here i think you are striking at one of the reasons that that crucible's hurting right now is as i've said many times there's no daily weekly or ritualistic grind in my video about weapon bounties, I talk about weapon boons, and when I talk about weapon boons, I basically say you need to recapture the idea of loot dropping at the end of a match. And so you I think Matador and IS Luna are bad examples because their drop rate was so slow and so low that you could spend a lifetime and never get them, and I don't think that's ideal. But if I go to Shaxx and I buy a four hour weapon boon for that the the shotgun that he's featuring that season let's call it the matador well i play crucible for the next three to four hours and it's dropping at the end of games problem solved now the other thing you could do with this if is if he's got the matador and for a whole season you can grind for it and then it's going to rotate out as you level up shacks the drop rate on those boons could get better how you leveled up the obelisk and you got perks you do the same thing with shacks Hey, you just hit level 25. Your weapon boons are now more effective. Your weapon boons are now um, stacking the drop rate chance after two games instead of three games. Oh, this is pretty freaking awesome. I'll stay in here. I'll do that. You do the same thing with Strikes and Zavala. This is basically taking the spirit of Destiny 1 where weapons were dropping from a boss or at the end of a crucible match. You're taking that spirit and you're marrying that spirit to weapon bounties. Weapon bounties are great, but weapon bounties have become too mechanical and too transactional. There is something, as you said, it, it's like, I, I'll spend countless hours if something's dropping at the end of the match. I was never a big PvP guy, but you better believe in the evenings, I'd boot up and play a couple of games hoping to get a Clever Dragon during Iron Banner when Clever Dragon was around. I wanted a Brace Frame, you know? I wanted a, I wanted one with Brace Frame. So, you know, Brace Frame crowd control, I think is what I was looking for. Uh... At a fundamental level, they need to look at the the NPCs, the vendors attached to Strikes and Crucible, 
and the weapon drop pursuit at the end of the game and that needs to come back I just don't want to be sitting on game 309 and I'm like I've gotten two to drop and none of them have been the right one you know because I know there were people that like literally did nothing but crucible I think Giggs is the one who just was always in crucible every day all day every day for six months and he never got the IS Luna that he wanted I don't think that's what you want, especially if it's a seasonal format. It needs to have what they did with obelisks is right. You start the season, you can chase the guns, unlock some stuff. As the season progresses, the drops get more generous, more generous, more generous, more generous, and you end the season at a fever pitch of generosity, and then and the next season comes around and you got something new. Ritualistic, you're pursuing it, you want it, you 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 obviously can be very happy when you get it because it can help your, you know, your gameplay, and then the generosity is on a nice bell curve up. Vorpal. Could a PvP style season pass with cosmetics and ornaments be the solution for the grind? D- like its own season pass? No, I don't think so. I think if you turn Shacks into an obelisk that you level up as it goes and you get stuff, sure, but not something that you pay for. The spirit of what you're saying is encapsulated in what I just talked about. You turn Shacks into an obelisk. You level them up. You get benefits, you get a grind, you get loot, and then your ornaments can come in, your cosmetics can come in. Hey, you hit rank 100 with Shaxx. Congratulations. That shotgun you've been grinding for all season? Here's an ornament for it. Dope. I got an ornament for my Matador. We're using Matador as an example. Burger Town time. Do you think for trials, they should add a system where the armor has perks similar to the raid armor in Wrath? You got to be careful here. I don't think you want to you want to start to suddenly create this oh, you get full trials armor and then you're getting all these benefits. Um, to a certain degree, we talked about this already with the mods, like should there be trials mods, should there be PVP mods? Uh, I I definitely think that there is a there's a there's a thing there they could do as Eugene already outlined, you know, Angel of Mercy and things like that. I definitely think there's there's potential there, but you gotta be so so careful. And if it's intrinsic, uh, that's another concern because now you're going against the freedom of the armor system. You gotta run trials armor. Ooh, I really like this armor instead. Why can't it be a mod? There's a, there's such a delicate balance here. You can start to bring in something that seems so good, right? So good, and yet and yet it's like oh, but it, it now you have to run trials armor. The way they did Garden, I thought worked really, really good. Really, really well. If you want to run the Relay Defender, you can. And it, it's like it's like a change in the fight. It's a change in the system where you're, you're, you're doing the actual damage phase differently on the boss fight. And then, and then it goes faster. So you feel that benefit of having raid gear. But I never went into Garden of Salvation and felt like I need all the raid gear or I can't do this. It was like, no, I, I just need I just need gear with the seasonal slot and I can I can I can do it. BB BB Bay has said to skip this question. What if they took the wrath out or the armor exclusive perks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's fine. We'll skip that one. Same as the last. Just enough. Unrelated question. Do you think Ada's augmented frames should be updated to include the moon frames? Dreaming City has one and it could help with the moon roll farms well they'd have to make the moon weapons have that possibility on them but I don't I'm not against this 
I'm also not really for it either. We don't need to repurpose Ada right now. Ada can lie dormant for a bit. We're, we're, we're clearly combing over the game and kind of, we're going to breathe new life into it. So Mars is up next and potentially Escalation Protocol. And so once we get two years out from Ada, then they can do something with her too. That I think is kind of what they're going to do. It's just going to slowly comb through the game where two years after the forges have been in the game, they'll go through and do something with them. And they'll do something similar with Reckoning and then something with Menagerie. Roman, what do you think of the idea that if you infuse an armor piece into another piece, you infused, it will take an average of each of the stats. This would be an entirely new system that I don't think they need to build. I think the, the... The element of you finding a good stat roll and then making a decision is totally fine. These boots have a really good stat roll. Their solar affinity, ugh. No worries. If they just dropped, it's not that costly at all to change their affinity. Boom. Now invest in them. I think that system is perfect. A system where you're like, okay, I got these boots and I got these boots. Let's infuse. And now I get like an average on my stats. Like, how the frick would anybody even figure that out? If it averages the stats, wait, I didn't think that was going to happen. I was going to infuse, I thought this was going to happen. It'd be really, really, I don't think it's necessary. I consistently tell people, don't create new systems, work within the systems that they built and make them better. We don't need a whole new system of infusion and having it like playing a role on stats. I think they have a pretty good system in place already that they have tweaked to give you a little bit more freedom so when that good stat roll drops, uh, you can you can then say, okay, I'm gonna change it to the affinity that I want. King, Kingish Candor, greetings. What do you think about PvP mods? Already had a question about PvP mods today. Vorpal, could Bungie add a D1 Age of Triumph style ornament for high end players to chase and then flaunt? Would that be enough? I think we'll eventually get our Age of Triumph time, and I've said. If you're going to do one raid a year, you could have launched Garden of Salvation and then in Season of Dawn, Season of the Worthy, and the Summer Season. Each of those seasons, you could have had an NPC attached to Garden that said, Hey, in Season of Dawn, we have two ornaments. We have one for the Gospel and we have one for the Pulse Rifle. And we're also going to do bounties and we're also going to give you the ability to run for non-powerful drops in garden you're like okay cool and so you focus all your attention on the hand cannon and the pulse you try to get a god roll and then you level up the npc enough and you get those ornaments sweet season of the worthy comes around okay now we have an ornament for the fusion rifle and we have an ornament for the bow in garden of salvation and your rank resets with the NPC. So you level the NPC back up. You're chasing those particular guns. Maybe you don't care about them. If you do, you're going for the rolls. If not, whatever. And then you level up far enough and you get an ornament. The purpose of this system would be that Garden lands in September and you spend the, the following season, Season of Dawn, Season of Worthy, and the Summer Season, sort of completing your garden of salvation grind you get every possible thing that there is to get so by the time the summer season comes to a close you're like i am done with garden i'm ready for a new raid 
A raid NPC can serve as a seasonal grind capstone to a raid that's only landing once a year. You're relieving that raid team pressure to be like, well, you better do more than one raid a year. No. If you like raid content, if you like grinding raid content, here you go. This is this is a way that every season you can re- reset that NPC and give that raid vendor that sense of, come on in, we got new stuff for you this season. Go run garden a little bit more. Um, and people might be like, well, I would be so sick of Garden by then. I mean, maybe, but maybe not. I mean, Age of Triumph essentially did this, but they did it so jammed together that we probably didn't really notice, but you were essentially doing that. You were rerunning all of the old raids for ornaments on your armor. Um, so the, now underneath all of this, Underneath all of this, I do think they need to consider something with raid intentionality with the loot too. Like, if they're going to let me run for non-powerfuls, maybe have a chest for armor and a chest for for guns. Because I might get to the point where I'm like, I don't need any guns anymore. I got a great roll on all the guns. I'm just basically grinding to get the XP to raise my rank to complete. You could even have the vendor have bounties that are, you know, fairly easy to do in, in the raid. And you have two chests. So I'm like, I don't need guns anymore. Beat the first encounter, open the chest for armor. And I do that for an entire season. Um, yeah, I showed the new cutscene. We showed the new cutscene. We'll obviously be talking about that tomorrow. That'll be our topic tomorrow. Uh, Funk the Buddha. For PvP armor mods and trials, what about a system where a trip to the lighthouse guarantees a specific sought-after armor perk, but at the same time, completing match results in progress toward results, being able to purchase the same perk from the trials vendor? I mean, this is just too elaborate for me to engage with. It's a suggestion that I have no interest in talking about because I'm going to leave that kind of stuff up to Bungie. It's too hard for me to see the intricacies of that system, its pitfalls, its dangers, and its long-term either benefits or problems. I just I don't like engaging with systems like that. It's too hard for me to give you a good answer. Gamer DMV. Sorry this is not in sync with the topic, but... What is your take on having to chase a title and a seal that has something to do with PvP when you don't play that mode often? Should Bungie change this to not uh, this and not chase seal? I don't care about this. Um, I just don't care. If you're going to go for a title or a seal, it's likely going to include things that are not patrol and strikes and raids. Like you're going to go in other places than that. That's just kind of the nature of it. That's one of the reasons I don't chase them. Uh, the Omega Jedi. Uh, when talking about the bigger picture about leveling, doesn't it seem like the logical thing to do is to bring back factions with a ranking system? Well, anything... I think all of the vendors need a seasonal rank if they're in the tower. Drifters, Zavala, and Shaxx right now make them look like an obelisk, give them a seasonal rank, you get benefits and cool things for grinding them up, and then really, really cool stuff awaits you if you get them all the way maxed out. That's a great ritualistic seasonal day-to-day, week-to-week grind. Factions, same deal. Give them the same treatment if they come back. The last Dunedain. Thinking about rewards, as Dawn Armor will be able to equip redacted mods, I can't see PvP mods being an incentive for armor. It would make PvE players enter Crucible for armor. Do you think... You're not understanding the suggestion. People are suggesting PvP mods that would drop in Crucible. Okay? So your question, would this make PvE players enter Crucible? Why? If you're not playing Crucible, why would you care about Crucible mods? That doesn't make any sense to me. 
Dan Papa. On the idea of having a season rank for vendors, could you add a speed up for the ritual weapons? Kind of like how they did with the mod quest this last season. Um, I guess. I mean, maybe. This doesn't... I don't... There's not a lot of thought to give here other than a yes or a no. In general, looking at a, a vendor and seeing them kind of look like an obelisk where... I'm going to invest time, I'm going to level this up, and I will get benefits um, for it. If it falls into that vein, I I guess I'm okay with it. You got to be careful. You don't want to have benefits on there that trivialize or cheapen weekly, daily, ritualistic grind. Um, So, Gittlesticks says, Do you feel that there should be some type of pinnacle or ritual armor for Crucible and other activities? I don't think the armor system has landed yet to where we can start doing pinnacle armor. I don't know if it's needed either. Your everyday KV2. Do you think faction ranks, vanguard, or crucible, even faction rallies, would be more worthwhile if they were structured similar to the season pass? Every rank gives you activity-related boost uh, on top of ornaments, armor, weapons, and materials. This is precisely what I've outlined for a long, long time. This is a, this is in a video from about a month ago, and I've said this numerous times today. Thog Red Rum. Not sure if it's been asked, but what if Valor Reset is treated like Call of Duty Prestige System? Resetting gives you a seasonal emblem, cash and materials, maybe an exotic or pinnacle drop. Also add Glory Reset. See, again, I I enumerate the need and then Bungie can deal with the specifics. What you're outlining sounds fine, but I'm not really going to interact with it because, again, it's, it's up to them to decide what's a what's a reasonable delivery or a healthy amount of things to get every time you do your reset. Ashen Hollow. Sorry, my question came late. No, you're fine every day. I, it, that's going to happen. I don't fault you. It's a good idea. It's, it's a good idea. I, I've been saying for a while, I have a video where I'm basically like, turn the vendors into obelisks. Because when you look at an obelisk, it's really cool. It's like, oh, I leveled it up. Oh, I got this stuff. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going and get that. Then that, then that, then that, then that. And then at the very bottom, you could have like a Vanguard Sparrow Ghost and emote and an ornament and all that I know that would have to pull from the Eververse but there's plenty of items I think they could pull from for at least Shaxx and Zavala uh, what about ritual weapons to ritual armor we already had that question MC Jawa do you think they will ever be other mounts than sparrows there could be like mount collector yeah I don't think so I think sparrows are kind of standard now see money do you think next season will have a connection to Wrath of the Machine at all? It looks like Siva in the cutscene. It's not Siva, it's Rasputin. Rasputin's a war mind. Wrath of the Machine was in a war mind bunker. So you're seeing similarities in architecture design, not an actual Siva infected vines and stuff. If there was Siva in that cutscene, I'm, I gotta go back and rewatch it. I don't think I saw Siva. I just saw war mind uh, architecture. Robotic figure. What would your opinion be a bungee drop the power of all year one weapons like they did in D1? The, the real difficult thing here is you're going to make people feel like you reach into their inventory and betrayed them. I believe if the loot pool gets pruned, it's far better for it to be something that the player initiates. So like what we did with Armor 2.0, we initiated our own loot prune. We got rid of a bunch of stuff. It needs to be initiated by the player or it probably will not be well received. I've argued for a loot prune, but people get really upset, so I've just continued to say they have to do it in a way where you're choosing to do it on your own. Chunk. 
Sony and Microsoft have expressed in the past they would not allow PS4 Pro and Xbox One X to have FPS advantages over players on base hardware and multiplayer games. If Bungie gives us a better version of D2 on the PS5 and the X Series X, how do you think they'll handle this issue when it comes to PvP? Oh, for frick's sake, what a buzzkill. I don't know. That's going to be an enormous bummer to be like, come play Destiny on the PS5 or the Xbox Series X, but then to be like, but we can't give you an increased performance experience because, you know, Sony and Microsoft made promises to old console generation owners. I don't have a good answer to this. If that is in fact the case, that is a gigantic bummer. Um, I also, I don't know how Microsoft does this. I really don't. How does Microsoft expect to move into the next generation of gaming and create this massive platform, play anywhere with anyone, and then you're going to hamstring the performance of PvP games on your X Series X to the performance fidelity of the Xbox One? That doesn't sound right to me. Now, that may be first generation titles. I don't know. Ultimately, I see massive flaws with this philosophy. It sounds good, but... Uh, once you peel back the layer on it it sounds really stupid come and play Halo Infinite on the Xbox Series X what's the FPS in order to maintain the integrity of PvP matches it's 30 FPS like what the frick there's literally no way that doesn't apply to Fortnite now well that's Epic's game though it's not a true philosophy it's 100% false I get better performance on Apex than a baseline PS4 does. I wonder if it's first-party titles only, which really will be interesting to see how they do that with Halo. I wonder if Chunk is misquoting or misunderstanding something. This doesn't sound right to me. Um, This doesn't sound like feasible, and again, it sounds honestly stupid. You would make basically new-gen titles get hamstrung by old-gen technology, which makes no sense at all. Gritter. I've been playing D1 a lot lately and I'm wondering, could Crucible benefit from a skeleton key system of its own? Weapons still drop at the end of the match, but if you never see the weapon or get the roll that you want, you can visit Shax. Get the loot chest from him. I like the boon idea more that I've outlined because I don't like getting loot in the tower. Your your idea is good because you're targeting you're targeting a pain point. So you've indicated a pain point, and that's a good thing. Your solution to the pain point is just go to the tower and buy it or get it or get one to drop if you don't get it. I feel like the weapon boon idea is better because it's like, just go play Crucible for four hours and the drop rate increases every time you don't get one. As you level him up throughout the season, your drop rates are a little bit more generous. And so by the end of the season, you're getting a really healthy drop rate on the gun and you're getting the gun to drop end of match. Rather than, well, it's been a couple, it's been an hour, go to the tower and get one. Like, I don't like that. I like that you're, you're pinpointing a pain point, but I don't like it. You're still driving me back to the tower to basically token slam for a drop. Uh, Willy Will. I am not the greatest at PvP, but I'm a firm believer that Trials Comp and high-end PvP activities need armor that only reaching a super difficult max rank can get you. I know this divides the community, but do you think that it would uh, divide the player base uh, in a a way uh, that they could achieve those rewards? Activities sweat too much. There is such a delicate balance here, okay? They did the adept... They did the adept perks and stuff like that in D1... there's a a big big problem that can emerge from this 
So if you create armor sets and guns that are very, keep in mind I'm saying very, they are very influential in the flow of combat and victory, and you hand that to people who go flawless consistently, that compounds itself over time and becomes a significant problem. Because now the rich have gotten richer and they'll win every week. The people that have been losing start to feel like there's this chasm of separation between them. There's the haves and the have-nots. All these guys have full armor sets and all the new weapons. It makes winning easier. And so we're losing more now. You've really, really got to be careful here. Good weapons, good gear, yes. And then cosmetic and minor differences, I'll say sure to that. Like, the adept weapons were black, and they had like a a perk that... You know, it kind of helped. It kind of helped in, in D1 Trials, that the Adept perk. But if you didn't get the Adept version, you weren't like, well, my Doctrine of Passing sucks. No, it's a great weapon. That Adept perk and that, that, that black skin on it or whatever was nice, but it wasn't a game changer. It's got to be in that lane. Uh, Ghost Thief. Do you think Milestone and Pinnacle Drop should guarantee higher stat rolls? Um, I, I never want to say guarantee. I think activities that are more challenging and, and more difficult should have uh, higher propensities for good stat rolls. I think that's a, a pretty good system to say you're going into aspirational content, you're going into trials, you're going into a raid, you're going into a dungeon, whatever. And when you do that, I think that um, you can create higher propensities, but not like a guarantee. Liquid Smoke. Have you crunched the numbers on what it would cost to swap Affinity on a set of fully masterwork gear? I saw a post saying it would cost 1,700 cores, 2.5 million glimmer, and so on. I'm not entirely sure how accurate that is. It sounds absurd if it's accurate. It sounds absurd because people are being absurd, okay? With respect, and as much love in my heart I can muster, people are being really short-sighted and ignorant about this, okay? That's the nicest way I can say it. They're being really short-sighted and ignorant about this. First... And foremost, if you were fully masterworking a bunch of gear while loathing or hating the elemental affinity, then you're maybe either too rich for it to matter or you're a freaking moron. Why are you doing that? Who is sitting around right now with a bunch of fully masterworked armor and they're like, if only it was the right affinity, I could build myself thusly like who's doing that you're either so rich that it doesn't matter in the game or you are a freaking moron who is doing that dude i have i have so much gear fully masterworked god roll stats and it's all arc who's this person who this is a phantom this happens all the time you can get out your calculator and your handy dandy equations and create this process of like look how expensive this is this is so unjust first of all slow down this is a quality of life improvement that reaches beyond right now in this moment so when you're in season of the worthy and you suddenly decide it's time to start going for season of the worthy armor so you, that you can get ready for the summer season and you're looking for good stat rolls guess what this quality points gonna be great you're gonna be like dude i finally got a good roll on some gauntlets they're the wrong affinity no worries i will i will change it who are these people who are these people that map fully masterworked entire sets of armor and that's not the affinity they want? 
Who are you? Number one, why? Why would you do that? Who? Who is doing that? And if you did, you're the dummy. You're the dummy. I did it for PvP. Okay. That was your choice. That was your choice. No one made you fully masterwork something that was the wrong affinity. Nobody made you do that. And right now, if you would like to get a pair of void gauntlets, okay, at level 10 with a god roll, it would take you all those resources. If suddenly a god roll void pair of gauntlets drops in the game, you gotta spend all that currency anyway. If you suddenly are like, you know what? I'm gonna change these arc over to void. It's no different that if suddenly a god roll drop with the right stat lean and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take this all the way to level 10. They're not ripping you off. People look two foot in front of them and they draw these elaborate conclusions like, I can't believe this. This is completely unjust and completely unreasonable. This is so ridiculous. People got up my nose on YouTube and I'm like, I don't have time to educate you. I'll just let you rant and rave on the internet. I just, I don't have time. I don't have time to educate every single person that misreads this and thinks this is such a freaking ripoff. No, it's not. If tomorrow you're like, all my armor is arc and I would really prefer it to be void, and you had the luckiest day of your life, and you get a bunch of great void drops, you get five pieces to drop, they're all void, and you're like, awesome, and they also just have great stat leans on them, you're like, this also is awesome, it would be super expensive for you to suddenly take five pieces of armor all the way to level 10, that's the system that they've built, if you want to fully masterwork armor and have that level of customization, it's costly, it makes sense, right, it's an end game capstone, it's, it's a segmented grind, you grind for the stats get the stats that you want, and then invest in the armor it's a segmented grind, they're giving you a freaking shortcut and you're complaining about the currency that you would have spent anyway it's, it, 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 it honestly it honestly kills me like, <laughs> the level of ignorance on this particular topic absolutely blows my mind, it absolutely blows my mind, you would have spent the currency anyway like they, there was no solution that what suddenly you were going to have level ten arc armor unless you unless there became more sources like the dungeon I guess because the dungeon dropped fully masterwork armor but they didn't seem to be in a, in a hurry to give you these this limitless this unlimited source of you know fully masterwork armor so. It's got to be one of the most fairest systems they've ever done, and people are like getting all upset about the cost. It's just like, I I don't know what dream world you're living in where suddenly the right propensity would have dropped with the right affinity, and you would have been able to level it up to level 10 for free. Like, I don't know what game you're playing, but that doesn't exist. So, if if you threw away tons of resources on armor that was the wrong affinity, that's your fault. Now, you might claim, well, but Bungie didn't give us a really good way to grind for armor. Oh, okay. That's that's a well-made point. But still, there's so many places in the game where armor's dropping. They gave, they gave you 60-plus stat roll void armor on the season pass. I mean, I, I, I just, I truly... And again, in a season... Bungie has to think about more than right now. They have to think about in, like, a season, okay? So, 
near the end of season of the worthy this value point will probably make a whole lot more sense to people like oh sweet i'm getting ready for the summer season i want to get a whole armor set of season of the worthy armor so that i can use the new seasonal mods in the summer because the summer season will not have mods that work in your dawn armor so you're going to slowly replace your dawn armor while you are doing that you're going to be like okay this value point's actually pretty good it's 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 an upgrade module and some legendary shards the nor the normative experience in let's just say after about 30 days from now okay after about 30 days from now, the normative experience is going to be you get a drop, you like the stats, you change the affinity before leveling it up. Everybody's thinking about the here and now, and it's like, listen, man, if you, for whatever the frick reason, took five pieces of armor all the way to level 10 while hating the affinity you know, alignment, I feel bad for you because you're going to have to spend the currency again, but that's no different again than if the armor piece drops, finally avoid helmet... I gotta take it to level 10, you're spending the currency in either situation. They're just giving you a shortcut. So, people acting like it's unjust or unfair or being ripped off, you you couldn't, you're not just wrong, like, it's it's provable. Just basic math to, to show that you would never have gotten there without spending the currency anyway. And if they don't require you to spend the currency, then you turn armor affinity into a completely trivial system. Just change it anytime you want. Upgrade module, boop, upgrade module, boop. And now there's no armor grind. Now there's no armor grind. Just get five pieces with good stats and just change the affinity anytime you feel like it. It would invalidate an entire system that they built. Math is for suckers. That's right. Speed Razor gifted five subs. Dude, you give so many subs to this channel. Thank you very, very much. You guys might want to check chat. You may have gotten gifted a sub. That was like 13 minutes ago. I'm sorry it took me so long to call that one out. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono. How do you feel about Fractaline Bounty Loop happening right now? I was able to get God Rolls on every gun I wanted this season because I had so much Fractaline that allowed me to essentially auto-complete bounties. There is no real grind. Is this good for the game? We talked about this last night on the Rageous Roundtable. And... Ultimately, where I've landed on this is that Bungie's doing this on purpose for two reasons. One reason's undeniable. It's seasonal content grind and the stuff's going away. So they're like, we have to be super generous. So if you compare the current grind for seasonal guns to the Mindbenders grind, it's like night and day. And the point I made on the podcast is Bungie's like, you know what? It's okay for there to be really, really slow, long burn grinds like that. It's always there. It's not going away. You can always, when it rotates in, obviously, you can go and grind for that Nightfall weapon. But Sundial and all these weapons and the, and the obelisks and everything are going to go away at the end of the season. So there needs to be a crescendo of generosity so that everyone can feel like, yes, I got what I needed. So I don't think that's difficult to see. I don't think that's difficult to see. That is a clear reason that Bungie has in being super generous. The second reason I think they're doing this, and this is stepping into the the, the realm of theory. I'm now theorizing. I think Bungie knows ultimately when September rolls around, they're going to do something that makes you focus on getting, you know, basically leaving behind all these weapons. Shadowkeep landed. Armor 2.0 lands, and you get rid of a lot of your armor. And people are like, well, the stats were bad. If the stats wouldn't have been bad when they fixed that glitch or whatever, we would have kept a lot of them. No, you wouldn't have. 
you would have eventually moved over, especially now with the new seasonal mod thing that they're doing and the, every season new mods coming out. You wouldn't have kept that armor. You would have involuntarily gotten rid of it either way. It might have taken you a little bit longer, but you still would have done it. I think something similar is going to happen with guns, and my prediction is it's going to happen in September. So I think Bungie's okay being like, you know what? This is the last hurrah of this type of weapon system. Let them. Season of the Worthy, do the same thing. Season ends, yeah, let them. Crank up the generosity. Who cares? Let them get 85 swords in a week so they can get a god roll sword. I think there's probably going to be, you know, a sword in the new seasonal activity. Uh, Let them. Let them do it. It's fine. It's fine. Bury them in god rolls. Doesn't matter. Because when September rolls around, they're going to set their sights on this new system and they're going to naturally sort of push a lot of this stuff to the side and leave it behind. If it's a self-initiated pruning of your loot, you won't be frustrated by it. You just won't. I, I don't think so. We didn't really question it for armor. I'm not sitting here thinking about any of the armor I deleted. The only armor that felt a little bit painful to get rid of was the faction armor. I liked it. I took the time to get all of it. I took the time to unlock all the ornaments. It felt cool to have all of those. But fundamentally, it was just like, I don't need it, so I'm going to get rid of it. Star Fox, thank you for the brand new Prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge, emotes, and ad-free viewing. Six months from Brad. Thank you, Brad, for the brand new sub. Um, the, le- the next question is not a serious question so that's going to do it for Q&A great session, if you guys are new to the stream a lot, lot of new names in chat, remember to click the follow button and turn on notifications if you're new to the stream, that helps me out I'm going to keep streaming, we're going to keep talking we're going to probably try and do some of these weekly bounties for the Fractaline farm, but the people listening elsewhere iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, and as always, please like, share, and subscribe